are listening to Sports and More with Chris and Tom. Welcome back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a silent movie. This is Sports and More with Chris and Tom. I am Chris. And I am Tom. And I'm just be honest. This is this is not going to be the super funnest episode. I mean, no. some of the content that you might know that we're going to talk about. Um, I mean, there's some good stuff in here. Don't get me wrong. We're going to have some fun still, but there's some super not fun topics. So uh, get strapped in. A lot has happened in the past week that we want to kind of unpack a little bit. And um, I mean, something really that was just in the last couple of days. But then we also got some good fun stuff that we want to want to lay out on the line too um but i mean it's kind of that that bittersweet um i, I i'm writing the, like flip-flopping from good to bad sort of a, a thing based on our, our content so i'm sure our tone will change but it's kind of a somber um start once we get through these standings and then we'll have maybe some more some more good stuff we got some exciting stuff after um after we get going yeah, we do. And actually, Tom, I have something on my notes I didn't share with you before because I wanted to get your honest reaction because I got some news from our good friend, Mr. Eric Jawa Schneider, that he will be one of the statisticians in tonight's Ohio versus Ball State game on ESPN2. So Jawa was a statistician at that game, which is pretty cool. For real? Yeah, for real. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Shout out to Jawa. I'm going to turn on ESPN. Well, all right. Uh, I'm going to turn on ESPN2 and then we get done here. <laughs> Catch the game. Yeah, I think the game's at six. So wait, hold on. Hold on. He was – he was uh, – he, he's an Anderson U yep. guy, right? Uh-huh. So, is, Or is he at Ball State now? I think Anderson U, but I believe – So is it just because he's in Indiana? I think so. Because he's in Indiana, he can be a statistician. So, hey, congratulations, Jawa. Hey, awesome, awesome job, man. Hey, big time. Big time, dude. So congrats, Jawa. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So now that we have some happiness in our lives, let's get to the standings, Tom. Uh, the balancing act. Yeah, yeah. You know, leave, it to, <laughs> leave it to me to you know, be the, the Debbie Downer. All right, so NFL standings. NFC North. Vikings are 8-1 and one after coming back and defeating the Bills in overtime. I mean, the Vikings look like a legit uh, wow. Super Bowl threat now because they're playing good football. Uh, the we're not going to mention the rest of the NFC North. We, the Bears pulled the Bears last week. In the NFC South, the Falcon, the Buccaneers are still in first place over the Falcons. It's a tight division race because all the teams suck equally, and that's how that goes in the NFC South. In the NFC East, the Eagles are defeated. They lost to the Commanders bump, bum, 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 in a thrilling fashion. Um, Tyler Heineke, Heineke them, and it, it, just wow was all I got to say to that. In the NFC West, the Seahawks hold a half game lead over the Niners. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Excuse me. The Niners are still are playing good football. Seahawks still playing very good football. In the NFC North, the Ravens hold a one game lead over the Bengals. Those are it's pretty much a two team race. In the NFC North between the two teams are actually good at football. In the NFC South, it is the Titans division to lose. Although the Colts have life with Jeff Saturday, a head coach who is one zero in his NFL career as a head coach. Two of you analysts out there who are upset about him, he um. Suck it. There you go. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> in the AFC East. Hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say like yeah. his his speech kind of not necessarily calling out the haters, but saying you know they can say what they want to say. Um, 
uh, I've seen greatness. I've been in the locker room for it. And if I suck, I suck. If I, I win, I win. Sort of, uh, sort of his his approach there. And I was uh, after listening to that, I was ready to run through a brick wall, man. Oh, absolutely. I like I like Joe Saturday. I like the I like the attitude. So hey, go get it, Jeff. Go get go go prove him wrong. Maybe this will get more players in coaching roles. It might help make the league a little bit better. Just saying. In the AFC East. With the Vikings upsetting the Bills, we now have a turn of events in the division. The Dolphins hold a half-game lead for first place in the division over the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets in second because they have a tiebreaker win over the Bills. And the Patriots are only a game game and a half out of that race as well. So it's a tight division race with the Dolphins in first place and the Bills f- rumbling, stumbling, and bumbling, it, getting in their way at times, doing Bills things. In the AFC West, it's the Chiefs' division to lose because the Chiefs are the Chiefs. And, yeah, that's all we got to say about that. So, those are your standings. It's kind of shaping up a little bit, but there are still some wild card divisions with AFC East being absolutely cray-cray. And the Eagles and the AFC East is still up for grabs with the Eagles and Giants and Cowboys still duking it out. Sure is. And, and like you said, I mean, this is just a lot of, I mean, lot of craziness and and really just this past week kind of shifted the landscape of some of these divisions with single games here and there so um it's it's been in the works for several weeks obviously but really took shape um after after some key moments this weekend so thank you for sharing the um standings as always and we uh i i mean i i like i like seeing how things are actually shaping up once we get like, you know, this far into the season, because when we're one or two games in, it's like, okay, standings are, you know, there's some going to be some one and ones, some O and two, some two and O's. I mean, like there, there's not really a clear picture, but now we've got a good idea of what we can maybe expect from the second half of the season and can even start to maybe make some uh, more educated predictions of the playoffs too, as we get further into the second half. So, um, that's why I like football, man, is it, the unpredictable nature. Oh, absolutely. Uh, baseball has that, but not as deeply because baseball, we play 162 games by the time season's over with, you know, who's what, who's who and what's what football. You have 17 games to figure it out. Uh, it, just the law of averages. That's not a whole lot of time to figure things out. Just saying that's how that works. The more tries, no, it is not. Yeah. <laughs> the more tries, the more things, the more things you figure out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, now we're going to have the not fun, uh, topic. And I say not fun. It really is a serious one. And by me saying not fun, almost seems like I'm making light of it. And I really am not. Um, but something I I, I think because it's, it's significant, um, I want to address and, but then we can move on and, and do more of the fun stuff that we've got. Um, if you don't want it, once you hear the topic, if you don't want to, Listen to it. Um, we understand. Skip forward like five, ten minutes, but we want to talk about it because uh, it's big. Mm-hmm. So um, on Sunday, November 13th, three University of Virginia football players were killed on and near a school charter bus after returning from a field trip. Um, Devin Chandler, a junior wide receiver kick returner, transferred from Wisconsin this offseason. So this is his first year at um, Virginia. Lavelle Davis Jr., wide receiver, and Deshaun Perry, a junior linebacker. There were two others who were wounded, one in critical condition and one in um, 
good condition per the UVA, uh, University of Virginia spokesperson. Um, and is, is, it, both are expected to make full recoveries um, at the time of the recording of this podcast. Uh, I, I did see some updates from other sources today that said that um, while one was in critical, it was improving. Um, so, uh, but, all right, here's your, here's your pause. Anybody who doesn't want to hear um, the somber, <laughs> melancholy next couple of minutes, go ahead. But um, there's a lot that was kind of going into this. The uh, the shooting, the, again, we, this was Sunday, the 13th, yeah. um, prompted a manhunt with students being told via text to shelter in place. Um, so that was their, their emergency alert system. Um, and then all cl- classes on Monday were canceled because um, this continued, uh, the, the manhunt continued for about 12 hours. So Sunday afternoon, this, uh, or Sunday evening, late whatever, evening. It was late, late evening was when the, uh, the alert was sent out because they didn't want more students being put in harm's way to potentially um, be in the line of fire or, or what have you, whatever the next step, next occurrence may have been. Um, so good on the university for sheltering in place appropriately. Um, that, that's the safest move is to protect more uh, life there. Um, so classes canceled Monday. Um, and uh, it was later discovered that the shooter, um, and I, I guess we still have to say allegedly, but the shooter uh, who's uh, brought into custody, uh, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., uh, he was arrested late Monday morning, about 80 miles away from the site of the shooting, um, away from where the charter bus was parked at the time of the, the shooting. It's actually, it's unclear whether Jones was an attendee on that field trip Correct. or if he um, met up with the bus. Mm-hmm. So um, that still has not been released by the university yet. Uh Jones is actually a former, uh, an ex, I'm going to use the term ex, ex. football player because former uh, makes him seem like a positive uh, person. And, and ex really, uh, I think, hits home that um, he, he, he was not one with that university. Um, he he w- was on the University of Virginia football team in 2018 as a freshman. Um, he, through some injuries and, and other um, circumstances, was no longer part of the team, I believe, after 2019, mm-hmm. but was still at the university. Um, and no m- official motive has been released by the police at this time. But um, according to uh, Chris Jones Sr., um, his, his father, mm-hmm. uh, some, some time ago, um, within the past couple of months, um, Jones Jr. had gone home and been visiting with his family and had uh, made comments about some people picking on him. And um, okay, so, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one step back. Um, I did also see, according to uh, both ESPN and CNN, that uh, Jones Jr. was involved in a hazing investigation mm-hmm. back in 2019, which also yep. was part of his um, departure from the team. Um, and so now flash forward to uh, this year, uh, that he was um, being picked on himself and being bullied himself. And the, his dad had um, mentioned in an interview after the uh, incident that uh, he had told his son uh, 
just go to class and ignore them. Those were his exact words that he had told him. Just go to class and ignore him. But uh, Jones Jr. seemed very distraught and out of character and affected by this. He had also been uh, confirmed, not confirmed, had been witnessed by someone not affiliated with the university. So someone off campus um, on multiple occasions, Jones Jr. had said uh, something to the effect of being in possession of a handgun. Um, and that was um, not flagged by the university because, again, it was an unaffiliated individual that was um, that knew that information, but did bring it forward at the time of the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, no formal investigation was brought into that as the weapon was never seen at the time of the comments. And uh, even in the time following the comments, immediately following, nothing was ever witnessed or in- events were never occurring. So basically we have an individual who says he has a handgun and he is distraught due to a circumstance in which he is being um, borderline harassed, we'll say. Um, and so I don't know if the three individuals that he shot, or I guess five, um, were among those that were um, bullying him and picking on him. If that's the motive, we can't say for sure. Um, but he is in custody and he is um, living. So at, at some point in the future, we can expect that that may be shared with the public. Um, for now, he faces three charges of second degree murder and three counts of using a handgun uh, in the commission of a felony. Um, so I, I, I mean, th- th- there's going to be more counts of, of other, there's going to be more charges uh, brought to that, especially with the, um, the two wounded individuals. Um, and I, I have to believe that there may be some sort of felony possession of a, of a firearm, although state of Virginia has more, um, conservative gun laws. So it depends on if he's a, uh, he is a Virginia state resident. So maybe there was something there that, um, you know, he, he was in legal possession, but illegal use of. So that's maybe where why we haven't seen any sort of illegal uh, illegal possession of sort of charges brought forward. But um, like we said, the the university uh, did have some investigations into Jones Jr. in the past. One that we mentioned was the hazing. Um, and uh, they uh, did, I guess, look into the possession of a gun, but found nothing. So there was really no in, uh, extensive investigation. Mm-hmm. So really that, that went nowhere. That's why I made, uh, didn't really make much mention of it when I brought it up before is like, yes, he made those comments to someone not at the university, but it didn't amount to anything because the university didn't find anything um, or, or anything solid to move forward on. Uh- um Go ahead. Yeah, part of that, I believe I was reading the CNN article you might have been reading as well, is that they said that um, he was not Chris, uh, the um, accused shooter, was not was not um, really, uh, what's the word, um, cooperating with the investigation. He was just ignoring them, not responding well. So that's part of the reason why they found nothing was he wasn't cooperating. And it was still in the process of being right. adjudicated at the campus. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's, so that's definitely something that, 
maybe part of the reason that this didn't go any further, but something that also should have been, um, and, and I don't like using the terminology we hear in the media of the um, red flagged, but um, because you know that triggers me as far as some of the other um, potential legislation, um, but maybe should have been a um, an eye opener was that and then uh, the uh, he, he did have also a previous conviction of a misdemeanor concealed weapons violation in 2021 he received a 12 month suspended license and a small fine um, so probably because um, and I, I, I need to look this up um, I mean if he, he is a Virginia resident um, but if he is not of well, he would have been of age in 2021, potentially, um, if he was 21 years old and they have constitutional carry, um, he could, it could have been, but it could have, if they did not have constitutional carry at the time and he didn't have a concealed carry weapons permit, then he would have been, uh, that would, that's likely where the concealed weapons violation came from. So, um, again, um, something that maybe should have been considered highly when he then earlier this year made the comments about the uh, about the handgun in association with what dad witnessed with the bullying so all of this came to a head on sunday and man i you hate to hear these sort of stories at at all whether it's you know in your community or even just you know hearing you know about anything happening in chicago or la new york um the big ones where it happens all the time seemingly but especially now to happen in the college football community man that i hurt for those families because and and really it's it's the entire virginia football community and the entire collegiate football community because this is jones jr is not representative of um, collegiate athletes and took life. And this was not, and this is the part where some people may disagree with me. This was not a gun problem. This was a human. I, I, I don't want to call him a man because what he did was not worthy of the, the term. Um, he does not deserve that sort of respect um, of the term of being called a man by taking life, innocent life. Um, but the gun did not do this. If it weren't for having that, that, uh, that gun, he would have found another way to do this because it seemed targeted. So I'm not going to go out and say it was anything in particular because it's all still pending investigation, but this was an individual who seemingly had motive and was bound, hell bound on doing it. So, I, I that that you can disagree with me if you want, um, especially if we don't see eye to eye on some of those more conservative things that I've been open about in the past. But um, this was a human decision. This was not a, a gun problem. So I think the issue that we now have to look into is how can we uh, protect the mental state of players and um, offer services and offer assistance to those so they don't feel like they have to take drastic measures like this to get a point across. They can speak with someone, they can um, have a conversation and they can get the help they need 
um, without having to break. Especially as we're in Mental Health Health Awareness Month, I mean, I, that has to play, have played a factor given everything that we know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said. Of course, our heart, our thoughts, and prayers go out to the family of those who are affected by by this, uh, the three deaths, uh, and the two who were wounded. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible um, pain for the families and for the for University of Virginia as a whole, because there are people who probably know all these all these people who were hurt very well. Uh, especially the football team, they're probably feeling it. I don't know how you you continue playing through this. But uh, sports has a way of getting you through these things. So hopefully the players are able to um, grieve in in their way, but also be able to play for these players and put the bet forth their best effort to honor their memory for uh, for what because of what happened. Um, yeah, I left some of the charging things a little bit vague in our notes. I know that you know more about gun laws than I do, so I figured you might have more on this than I would. So my thought was the concealed weapons violation is probably lack of a permit, because, probably because of the handgun. I know some states uh, you need a permit for a handgun, but not for a rifle. Because that that just hunting's more prevalent in those areas. So rifle, no per handgun permit. You need a permit. I just didn't know if you knew more about Virginia than I did. I, that was just my. That's why I left that one a little bit more vague. And so I'm checking now about um, so okay, here we go. Um, I'm looking from the United States Concealed Carry Association mm -hmm. um, on the um, gun laws from Virginia in particular. Um, Uh, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, um, minimum age to uh, conceal carry 21. Okay. Um, so you might, I mean, if, if he was enrolled in the university at, in 2018, playing football, um, we can assume he was, uh, you know, 17, 18, more likely 18. Yeah. Um, if this charge came in 2021, maybe he didn't quite make the cut on age. Um, all right, uh, let's see. From what I can see, um, there is not uh, constitutional carry, but that is meaning permitless gotcha. concealed carry. Um, and that may that, that that's more than likely where the charge came from, the misdemeanor came from, because in most states, most more conservative states, and Virginia, I'd say, is a more conservative state than than others, um, carrying without a permit really is just a fine um, and some sort of uh, suspension. I mean, if it's if you don't have a permit, then you can't have your permit suspended, but they may suspend your license in place of that gotcha. um, to restrict your um, mobility, your, your your ability to you know go where you shouldn't be. Um, that being said, he could still possess a firearm without a permit. He cannot concealed carry. It, had he been open carrying, meaning you know carrying on the waistband outside of his shirt line, it's visible to the public. That's legal at the age of eighteen. Um, without a permit. 
but concealed carry have to have a permit as of as of this date like and and as of 2021 like as earlier this year um legislation was being brought forward for constitutional carry and i'm honestly surprised that the state of virginia hasn't had that especially you know other states like indiana tennessee and iowa um passing it in recent years um but that's probably more than likely what that was and maybe should have been kind of the connecting dot when uh, the uh, individual who brought the possession um, comments to the university from earlier this year and then the bullying that should have all come together that he was he had a gun he was willing to carry it without a permit and now he's going through some distress yeah, I agree. This is like you said. This is a people problem. This isn't a gun problem. We disagree on our view on guns, but I've always been defend. I always defend Second Amendment, as you know. I defend it. I just think that we should go more toward lean towards swords than guns. That's just me, though. That, that's just that. I know times are a lot, but, that, but that, that's just I'm not, me. I'm not disagreeing. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, if every man had a sword on him, that would that'd be. We could we could bring a few things back too. Yeah, <laughs> true. So, sorry, but yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. This is a human problem. This is human. Uh, a bunch of human errors compounded and get uh, uh, because humans have errors because we're born imperfect. So it uh, it, it, comp- it compound errors. Yes, Joseph is going through some problems. Probably some mental health issues, which we need to address strongly in this more strongly in this country. We're not really treating it as we should. And also, uh, the university we're not doing their a better job of investigating this. Yes, they uh, found out about this, and that's why they brought it to like a council to uh, rule on what to do, but that may have been compounding the issues he was already facing at school. So it, it, it's a whole bunch of issues all running together causing this to happen. Um, and hopefully the families get, hopefully the families of those affected can find peace in what happens. Um, it, it, it may take time. Hopefully they can find some peace in what happened. Yeah, I, I don't, it, it will take time and nothing that you or I or anybody can say can make those families no. feel any better about it. No, and don't. truly, um, if even uh, at a time where we expect um, this individual to uh, Jones to potentially be behind bars, mm-hmm. even that won't be enough no. to satisfy the families um, because at that time they don't want to see him in prison they 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 want their their kids back right and and nothing will ever replace that so um like you said man i mean thoughts and prayers and um i know we say thoughts and prayers but but truly Mm -hmm. um if you just can take a minute um whether you're you know in your car at home um in the break room at work wherever just Say, say a prayer for this, these families, this community, um, they're hurting and, um, they, they need a, a healing hand in more ways than one. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Let's get to our happier topic. Shall we? Let's, let's go for some, some exciting stuff because, <sighs> um, there is some exciting football news now to share as well. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. XFL draft is here. It has happened. It happened today. It's happening tomorrow. It's happening the next day. XFL season's coming, baby. Uh, As we, as Tom and I were discussing today uh, via text, uh, the quarterback selections uh, were made for each team around 
one o'clock between one and one fifteen this uh, this afternoon. And here are your quarterbacks for your teams: the Arlington Renegades. You have Drew Plitt from Ball State and Cal Sloter of Northern Colorado and New Orleans Breakers fame. Fame. So he's been in the USFL. He's he's played college. He's been in the NFL. So good quarterback there. The DC defense of Eric Dungy from Syracuse as their quarterback. They don't have a second quarterback. The only team that doesn't have a second quarterback are the defenders. The Houston Roughnecks have Caleb Ellaby and Brandon Silvers. Uh, for quarterback Ellaby from Western Michigan, Silvers from Troy, and formerly the Seattle Dragons. So he's been in the XFL. He knows kind of how the league operates. A little bit different league, but he knows what to expect. The Vipers have Jalen McClendon from Baylor. And the immortal Louise Perez of Texas A&M Commerce. New York Gardens and Birmingham Stallions phase. He's back in the XFL. He's he's done the XFL. He's done the USFL. He's played in the NFL on the practice squad. Now he's back in the XFL. This man's been everywhere. He he, he is the ultimate journeyman at this point. And the Orlando Guardians at Corby have Quentin Dormati uh, from Central Michigan and DeAndre Francois from Hampton. I think I said it right. It might be Francis, but I prefer Francois. It sounds more. It sounds more fancy. Uh, the San Antonio Baramas have Jawan Pass. Francois sounds, sounds awesome. So yeah, let's so go with Francois. We're going with Francois. So the, the Baramas have Je, uh, Jawan Pass from Prairie, from Prairie View. And I have no idea where that is. No idea what division it is. But, hey, kudos to Jawan Pass. And Anthony Hold on. Was, no, Prairie View A&M. No, I know where, I know where that is. Where is that? I, uh, I, had, a, I had a buddy from high school. Uh, he's a few <laughs> years older than me. Um, played baseball there. Oh, cool. Hold on. Um, I want to say it's Houston area. Oh, nice. You give All me right. two seconds. And I will confirm that. Yeah, no, he, he played ball. There. He played baseball there, so not, not football. But I knew that name sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, well, Prairie View, Texas. I, hold up. We're going to get a map here. All right. What part of Texas are you at, Prairie View? Yeah, it's a big state. <laughs> Sorry, I'm holding up progress here, but I gotta. Oh yeah, of course. It's near Hempstead. I don't know where that is. <laughs> where is that? Where is that in Texas? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh. He's in that big like, state. Uh, northeast of Houston. Okay. North northeast northeast of Houston, um, like about a third of the way up, back towards College Station, like Texas area. Ah, gotcha. Area. Gotcha. All right. So he's from he's from Texas. So sorry. Go ahead. He's a football guy. And their other quarterback for the Brahmas is Anthony Russo from Michigan State. The Seattle Sea Dragons have Ben DiNucci from James Madison, and yes, the Dallas Cowboys. He what? That's that's the same Ben DiNucci and the same Montez from Colorado. Uh, he's been on a few practice squads, but nothing other, no other teams. And the St. Louis Battle Hawks have AJ McCarron Hawks. from Alabama. The New York Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals on their team, and Ryan Wilson from Virginia Tech. And Tom, you know the one good thing about having AJ McCarron on your roster is you also have Brent Musburger as a fan because AJ McCarron's wife is now also at the games. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how how Brent Musburger is about the uh, um, wives and girlfriends of the the quarterbacks, especially in Alabama. Um, he, yeah, that's. <laughs> In Alabama. So, he, yep. I had to bring that up. Makes a for some reason. <laughs> All right. So I will say, um, I was not a fan of AJ McCarron when he was at Alabama for obvious reasons because mm-hmm. of uh, my 
fanhood yep. at the same time around the same time that he was there um that's in the same you know you know time period uh, 2013 national title game uh he yeah thanks for you know saying hey, it out loud hey, hey, um, hey but that was so, that was the game uh, where the quote came from sir that's the game the quote came from where he was talking about aj mccurran's girlfriend yeah all right i guess it's relevant fine um no more uh but uh there, i i i got some respect for him um there was a um special on him right before the national championship um about how he made uh made some good friends with some uh kids on campus that maybe weren't the in in the in crowd and um kind of took them under his wing because they were fresh uh, he was a freshman also named aj with some disabilities and so it's kind of cool for him to share that story and from what i can see they're also still friends so mad respect also um that he's a battle hawk now i can live with him all right, awesome. So those are your quarterbacks. Uh, the defenders are short one quarterback. I'm guessing they will draft one eventually. We'll get into that later. So the draft continues tomorrow, uh, November 16th, at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, the greatest time zone in all the land. And then also, uh, sorry, I was supposed to say uh, Thursday. Yeesh. Bad notes. And Thursday, uh, the 17th, that was bad. Holy Toledo. Thursday the seventeenth at nine thirty a.m. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Th- uh, Thursday. Uh, T- tomorrow and tomorrow's yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that <laughs> shows it. I didn't catch that. Sorry, did a rush no job, guys. So, catching notes on the fly. Uh, on Thursday the seventeenth at nine thirty a.m. Central Time will be day two. So, what are the days? What constitutes each day? Day one will be the offensive skill players: your running backs, fullbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. In the first, like phase of the draft then defensive backs your cornerback safety nickelback you know all those people in the second phase your defensive front seven your linebackers your edge rush your dns your d tackles that'll be the third phase and the final phase on day one will be your o-line the, the big the the hog mellies the, the the bruisers the big boys will be drafting your tackles your guards your centers so in each phase in day one will be 11 rounds long so there'll be 44 rounds on day one that that's a long day tom long day 44 rounds. Um, I mean, granted, we're only dealing with a handful of teams here, but seriously, a lot. 44. That's a lot. That's a long day. It's a long day. 44 times eight. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Since enough math that I don't want to do it right now. Absolutely. So now, <laughs> what is day two equal for you guys? Well, it's a specialist. Your kickers, your punchers, and your long snappers. That's that'll be uh, a round or two or three. Probably three rounds. Uh, they didn't say. I'm guessing it's going to be really short. It's kickers, punters, and long snappers. How many of these guys do you draft? Probably one or two just to get through training camp. And then after that, it's open rounds. Any position. It's a free-for-all. It's, it's madness, I tell you. It's madness after you get through the kickers, punters, and long snappers. So, day two, significantly less interesting, I think, than day one, but still could have some fireworks. Sorry. All right. I mean, that that's exciting. Um, like you said, there's a lot of um, guys that don't necessarily get all the all the credit, or don't get all the um, highlights done on them mm-hmm. during the season, but uh, are the, the bruisers and the ones who build the wall up front nonetheless. So I think, um, well, it may, like you said, it may not be exciting. <laughs> like, oh, man, another whiteout. Oh, man, another this, that, whatever. Um 
you know, it's like you said, 44 rounds, eight teams. There's a lot of players being picked and there's multiple days of, of what's getting picked. So um, you can't tell me that these, these kids aren't going to get excited if their name comes across the board, though. It's a chance to play ball. Absolutely, absolutely. And the draft order hasn't randomly selected, and it changes by each round. We, You want me to get into all of it, or do you want me to just say go to XFL.com to find it? Because it's a long list. It's seven phases. You know what? Go on. Just give – all right, so we're, we're Battlehawks fans. Yeah, Battlehawks. Just give where the Battlehawks right. – just give where the Battlehawks are picking in each round. All right. But the rest, because it is so random <laughs> – uh, go to XFL.com, and that's where you can find the draft order. All right, then. So the Battlehawks in the offensive skill round, so your running backs, fullbacks, receivers, are picking second, So which means they'll pick two, and then they'll all the way to pick 15 and pick again. So it's a snake format. So, you know, it goes uh, one through eight to eight to one. So number two pick, could we see DeMornay Pearsonell back in a Battlehawks? He's currently not on any team. That would be awesome because, as I told Tom today, we were at the game where he returned the only kick return touchdown in XFL history. So hopefully he's back in the Battle Hawk. It would be awesome if he, if he was. In the DB phase, awesome. uh, the Battle Hawks go third. So, again, they can get a pretty good cornerback right off the bat. They needed to. Good safety, whatever, how the defense plays, get a good player. The D7 phase, eh, they go and pick those six. So while their first pick not, may not be the top guy they want, they'll get another good pick right, right away. The O-line phase, they go 7th, okay? So you got to wait a bit to get your player, but you get to go pretty much back-to-back. Not too bad, not too shabby. The specialist phase, they pick 3rd overall. They go right away, so that's a good sign. We could get a good kicker. We could get a nice Cairo Santos-like player. Kidding, kidding, there's no Santos in this league. There, there, There won't be many guys who can make field goals in this league. No offense to kickers in the XFL. In the open phase, they go 6th. So it's going to be an interesting draft. Um, I think we're going to be very skilled on the outside. It's going to be the interior where the the Bucks might be creative with their drafting. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, with the order in which they're picking, I mean, they'll get their opportunity to have the the pick of the litter. But then you're they're going to have to, as as with any draft. I mean, uh, even in the NFL, when you've got, um you know, shifting order is you might one round have a really good opportunity, a really good spot to pick someone that you want. And then the ne- next round you're waiting for, or you might not even get one in the next round. So at least this one, everybody's set and gets one every round, but um, you're right. You're going to have to get creative and, and maybe take a chance on some guys that they weren't expecting to um, just because of where they're picking each round. So um, exciting and um, looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. And we are for sure gonna have to look at tickets. Oh, absolutely. We I, I we don't have a schedule yet, so until there's a schedule, I can't do anything. I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting, but we don't even have players yet. So we will have players by tomorrow in the morning. We'll have players, but we won't. We don't have a team. We don't have teams yet. So I'm on it, Tom. I'm watching. I, my, I'm like a hawk. I'm like a battle hawk on this. I, I'm I'm all eyes on. You are this. a battle hawk on this. Absolutely, I'm You're on a it. Battle hawk on this. It's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome. There, more details just to round this up. The current pool of players are all those who are not under contract with another professional league. So that your NFL, Canadian Football League, USFL, Spring League, Arena Football League. Uh, the LFL, no, 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 not that league. That's a different league. That's a different league. Different league. Different league. Different league. Time doesn't even know what the LFL is. That's not real football. That's not real football. That's different. The that's LFL. Yeah. I'll 
What? Oh no, I think I know what the the LFL yeah. is. Ignore it. Ignore it. That's not a real football league. That, 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 is, that. is it? Is it? Is it what I think it is? Yeah, it is what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to say it now. I say what the LFL is. I have to explain who the Chicago Bliss are. I mean, they're in the newspapers. You don't have to explain. Just just say what. Just uh, explain the acronym. Oh, uh, the Lingerie <laughs> Football League. That is a. Is football it the Lingerie league. Football League? Yeah. <laughs> That is a football league. I mean, I've don't they hit pretty hard there? Though? They do. They they do play hard nosed football. It's just maybe maybe we should sign some of them in Chicago. <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> All right, moving on because anyway, I just, anyway. I let us off the cliff on that one. That's moving my fault. On. Uh, there are 1,700 players in this no, pool. No, you are fine. 1,700 players in the pool, Tom. 1,700. <laughs> Are we just looking – where did I sign up for this? How did I get in this pool? I, I don't know, but I probably wouldn't make it. I, I have a bad ankle, so I wouldn't make it. But each team will at least make 47 selections. That's my prognostication from your 44 rounds on day one, plus a kicker, puncher, and long time. So that's 47 selections of their 50-man roster, which means at a minimum, 22.12% of the players in the pool will be drafted. That's a, a lot of players aren't drafted. But teams will carry 66 players in training camp. So there's probably going to be a lot of picks. But at the minimum, only about a quarter of the players get drafted. That's not a lot. <laughs> of 1,700 yeah, players. That's, that's a, out of 1,700 players, I mean, you're talking about 400 plus yeah. getting picked. That's 400, um, 400 opportunities to play ball again. But it also means that's about uh, 1,300 that don't get to. That means they're going to the USFL. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. USFL. Um, yeah, that, that, that we'll get into that later. But let's just say there's more excitement for the XFL than there was the X, uh, USFL, especially from Chris and I. Oh, absolutely, because we get to go see the XFL games. USFL is all in one city. Dunderheads. All right, so the, the, all in one city down in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. So there will be a supplemental draft in early 2023 for the XFL, but those will be for players who are released for the contracts in other professional leagues. I read the USFL contracts end December 31st, 2022. So the players who are out of their contracts at the USFL can just join the XFL if they want to, or players who are cut by their Jordan NFL team. Tenamu. Yeah, he could possibly join the USFL, XFL if he wanted to. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. It's possible. <coughs> Sorry. Now, compensation. How are these players going to get paid? Well, we uh, from the town mm-hmm. hall like months ago, we found this out, but I will reiterate. Players will all be paid the same amount. What That's per sources. I have not heard quarterbacks being paid differently. That's just sources. It will be 59 k uh, per, for the year with an additional 20k in benefits including health insurance housing and meals so it's about 79k in value not bad not bad to play football in a spring in a spring football league so total salary 59k uh they'll get paid 800 dollars per week for training camp 5k per game a th- an additional 1000k if you win that game there will be a playoff bonus but it's not specified However, if you're inactive, so each team carries, I believe, a 53-man, a 50-man roster. About five players are inactive each week. Those inactive players will still get paid $1,500 per game and eligible for the winning bonus, so they can still make $2,500 per game, even if they're not playing. So not bad if you're not playing, but also not bad. I mean, if your team's winning, 
2500 a week isn't isn't bad I'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there yeah no not bad at all to, to be to to i mean to, to be a a practice squad guy play ball and and witness some some winning i mean there are worse there are worse ways to make 2500 a week yeah absolutely so that's your xfl draft xfl dollars xfl everything chris is excited as you guys can tell i can't watch it live i have a job during the XFL draft this time around, not like last time where I was in between jobs. So I will not be saying, oh my gosh, we just this many wide series, this many tight Thompson, what are we doing? I, I, Which I think I did last time. So I was like <laughs> giving the full team breakdown as it was happening. So. I think, I think you did. I, I think, I think you did because, um, yeah, let's see. No, I would have, I would have been up here already. Yep, you would. Yeah, you would. Because that was yeah, early twenty twenty, like two weeks before COVID, that uh, they played, yep. and it was that fall before. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, no, you're. <laughs> it was October twenty nineteen. You're, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I will be paying attention, but I will not be able to t- be live updating because I will not be responding live because work. Poop. And for those of you who didn't listen to. Uh, the last episode, I can't either because I'm working now. Yay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> um, good reason to not watch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, but uh, nevertheless, we are, we are excited. Um, I mean, Battle yeah, Battlehawk football is real football, man. Absolutely. So Tom, let's get into your rare topic because the XFL is kind of my RAM topic and it became a full main topic because Chris is chris so see, what are, how are we doing on time how we're are we doing four, on time because like we're, I, four, we're 46 minutes in sir we're 46 minutes in okay because because i feel like the uh virginia turned into a little bit of mine too it with did. some of the the gun stuff so i'm gonna keep it brief right. as i can um and this is one that i i almost called uh my dad and brother in for like have them call into the the show or have them call into the line to because so we went to the U of I ah, versus Purdue yes. football game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have never seen a more inconsistently officiated football game. I have never seen so many penalties. Uh, it, it it was I, we were on the what 30, 15 yard line somewhere in there like we were. Uh, 10 rows up so we were like right there we could see everything so like our XFL tickets everything. gotcha gotcha and at one at, at one point we just like we we looked at each other we we're like what like what's what, what's going on what's like is is this happening so um just to give uh, a few stats there was 201 yards in penalties Ooh. combined Ooh. um 18 penalties Ooh. 12 for for you university of illinois six for purdue hmm. Um, 120, 121 yards in penalties for U of I, Woo! 80 yards in penalties for Purdue. Now here's, all right, if you thought that was nuts, listen to this freaking stat. So 121 of total um, penalties for the game yeah. on 12 penalties, 121 yards, mm-hmm. 60 yards of penalties came on one drive. How, 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 how is that possible? Okay, 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 okay. okay. And, uh, and 30 of Purdue's penalty yards came from the same drive. What? So what? I'll explain that. So, oh. all right, all right, all right, all right. so, so, um, at one point, U of I scored, and after that play, 
I believe I didn't see the entire thing if there was like a scuffle or whatever, but two Purdue players took off uh, it, uh, had their helmets off on the field, um, which is unsportsmanlike for both of them. Well, they were compounding penalties um, uh, added on to the kickoff. So <laughs> Illinois kicked off from the Purdue 35 <laughs> instead of their own 35. Goal. Which is just nuts as it is. And we looked at it like they can do that. Um, Jeez. And, and so that because there's nothing to lose, like they onside kicked. Right. Oh, of course. Um, because, like, I mean, because if it goes 10 yards, it's still at 25, which right. is where the touchback goes anyway. So it's like, you might as well try because then if you get it, you got great field position. Anyway, they didn't get the onside kick, whatever. Um, so Purdue's got it at their own 25, 26, wherever. Um, can't remember exactly. Um, but a series of penalties ensued for U of I and, and I did, we did not agree with all of them. And obviously we were there as U of I fans, but like some of them were kind of like, come on, really? No, that's not a penalty. So, um, there was a roughing the passer, um, that was in the middle of the throwing motion, which unless we're playing by NFL rules is still a legal hit, um, no, he breathed on him. in it's college illegal. right now. <laughs> Uh, he breathed on him, yeah, which is what it kind of felt like. But um, so there, and I don't know the exact order, but and, um, there was also two pass interference penalties. The first of which should have been offensive because the wide receiver literally koala bared <laughs> the uh, defense back mm-hmm. for U of I. Yet they called it defensive pass interference. Um, then the next play called a defensive pass interference when no, neither of the two players touched each other and the pass was 10 yards away from the wide receiver. They were, they were running parallel. Nobody touched each other. Oh, yeah. Nobody said nothing about each other, mama. And then <laughs> uh, the ball was 10 yards away, not catchable and, and called pass interference. Um, and at this point, Brett Bielema, the blimp is just going nuts on the ref because it's like, all right, th- this isn't even football anymore. And I think there was one more, um, pass interference that we were just like he just knocked the ball loose or something like whatever it was like at that point we're just like we're questioning every call because we haven't seen a legitimate one yet but purdue went from its own 25 to the u of i 15 yard line on penalties alone they had not gained a yard on their own this was in the same set of four downs that they started with on their own 25 26 and then scored two plays later, I believe. So they only got 15 yards of offense starting on their own 25 and scored. And I think they ended up winning by seven. Um, And I'm not going to make any accusations about the officiating crew, but um, I believe we looked after the game and the point spread was seven and Purdue won by seven. Um, I think it was, it it was Illinois, Illinois favored by seven. I don't know how that affects it, but still it's like, no one affected, but still I'm like, so we we were just like, okay, uh, who in Vegas has the controller right now? I mean, this is, this is like video game bad, like, like Madden glitch kind of crap. So, um, (laughs) admittedly we left with like three and a half left because we're like, okay, you know, Purdue got the ball back, whatever, after a turnover, fumble pick whatever so we're just like it's over right. everybody's happening but the fat lady singing so <laughs> um uh I th- yeah they ended up still only losing my by seven but we're, we we just kind of were in we, we were dumbfounded we're like 
this doesn't have it. And a call that I had never seen before was, so this I think was earlier in the second half, um, U of I had been, uh, had the cadence, uh, had, had been going on a clap signal for the snap. Um, Close on the quarterback? Purdue figured, no, Purdue figured that out. Uh, it was a defensive penalty. Okay. Guess what it was? What was it? So, um, defensive lineman or linebacker, we never knew who, um, started clapping and forced uh, a false start. Yeah, that's a penalty. But, yeah. so, so, but which is a penalty. Yeah, we, we figured that. But the call was what, what was weird. They called it disconcerting signals. Okay. Never, <laughs> never heard it that way. But I know it's a penalty, but I, mean, I didn't know that's the call. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're like, that is a penalty because, like, obviously, you know, he's – but normally I, I don't know what else you would call it, but I've never heard disconcerting signals as the call. Like, there was just so much wildness. And for there to be to- more total yards and penalties between the two teams than I think U of I ended up with in total yards of offense, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So that is not, in my opinion, a knock on um, U of I, I and, and how they performed. They kind of had to play with play the hand they were dealt, and they got dealt crappy cards. So um, – I, I don't know why I share this other than it was just a bizarre experience. I had, I had fun hanging out with my dad, and my brother, but we, we all just kind of were like, well, we've got a heck of a story now. <laughs> sounds about like watching a bears game the last couple Sundays, but yeah, that sounds insane because I, it, you don't see that. You don't see a team get penalties that often oh. for nothing. I, I mean, I know. And sequential, like, like one right after another. I mean, I know referees stink, but they shouldn't stink that badly. <laughs> Especially for, I, I mean, I would assume Big Ten crew, yep, two Big, Big Ten, Ten teams. Like, yeah. So I was like, okay, it's, this isn't their first rodeo. It can't be. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to say, man, um, other than um, it's on a number of different forums, both Illinois and Purdue, and nobody can make heads or tails of why <laughs> why it happened. Um, obviously, Purdue's excited that they won. The yeah. Purdue forums are, but they're still just like, what the heck was going on with the penalties? So um, at least we can all agree on that. Absolutely, and that's usually how things work. When penalties get weird, the mm-hmm. team that wins like, yeah, we get we got the penalties, but why did we get those penalties again? It, it makes sense. Like We're happy we did, but why? Right, exactly. Well, Thank you, Tom, for that. It was much more exciting than what might have been planned beforehand if we didn't go along with on our more dour topic. And I think all of you, probably the tens, and tens of people made it through this episode talking about the Virginia situation, the XFL draft, uh, the Illinois-Purdue game, and the Jawa being an official statistician for an NCAA D1 game between Ball State and Ohio. Shout out again to the Jawa. Dude, that is that's big time. I mean, he's he's just steps away from stardom. Oh, absolutely. NFL, here comes Shawa. So, oh yeah, dude. If if that happens, um, like I, I don't know, we, we should just go and like hang out with him wherever he's he's at, being available on uh, on call yeah. to be the statistician they call in, yeah. and we should just just sit there and like make noise in the background if they call him. <laughs> Don't screw this up, Joe. <laughs> but anyway, um, awesome. Yeah. Super cool that he gets to do that. That's uh, 
awesome experience. Um, our next episode's creation date is to be decided. We'll probably take next week off due to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so you all have a happy, wonderful, and safe Thanksgiving. Um, we will come back with a new episode coming up soon. Um, I think we just posted the previous yep. episode yesterday, so I'll get that one posted yep. on Facebook. Interrupts um, are bad, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Interrupts are bad. It, it happens. It happens. Um, so I'll get that one posted on Facebook. We'll get this one uploaded and posted uh, sometime next week, so that way it's yep. one right after another. Um, but we'll we'll take a break for for the holidays for um, next week. So we'll come back with some new content in a little while but until then as always stay safe stay healthy it snowed today so i feel like i have to say watch for ice watch for deer and uh, eat some extra turkey and stuffing next week um above all enjoy the freedoms that we have and the time that you can take with family if you're able to Um, it's a great time to uh, spend with each other let's not take it for granted we love you all happy thanksgiving Absolutely. Sports and more with Chris and Tom is brought to you by no one. All non-original thoughts and ideas were properly noted during each segment.